previously on The Sean Ryan Show. The leader of ISIS was Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. I mean, I usually don't do good and evil when you're talking about your enemy. I don't think it's helpful. I think it colors your judgment. I've been here too long and I've been very sick. And it's, it's very terrifying here. My name is Kayla Mueller. I need your help. This guy was the definition of evil. Uh, he was an evil man. Baghdadi, evil of evil. Uh, everybody's looking for him. His tradecraft is really good. He would burn people alive, behead them, put kids in cages. When our intelligence officers put their mind to it, and our special operators put their mind to it, you can run, but you can't hide. The announcement comes to the Pentagon that the United States will provide no additional support to uh, Afghan government. And I was like, the war is lost. That's infuriating. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah, man. Uh, I had a complete meltdown, dude. And I'm, I'm supposed to be a well-adjusted veteran, right? Yeah. I'm like, wow, if I'm feeling this way, can you imagine? All right, Chris, we're back from the we're back from the break now, and yeah. uh, I got a whole slew of topics that let's I want to go. go over with we'll, you. What do you? We'll speed date it, man. You just hit it, and I'll like hit it hard. Well, let's see. We got future warfare, the industrial, the military industrial complex. Iraq was based on lies. Energy weapons, January 6th, China, Russia. Oh, shit, we'll be done by what, 1230 tonight? It might be. That's only we, about 10 it hours. Might be. We'll get I'll a good quick. dinner. We'll get a good dinner. So let's just, let's kick it off here. All right. There is so much happening in the world right now, you know, and with, with China, Russia, Ukraine, the border. Um, I mean, Taiwan looks like that's about ready to kick off any day. The COVID you know, stuff that we're just kind of starting to move past, I think, that pandemic. And the U.S. dollar seems to be collapsing. I don't know if that's fear. I'm not a finance guy, but it's getting serious. You know, this BRICS, you know, um, yeah. you know, Brazil, Russia, yeah. India, who else? China, South Africa, right? We, we have all these the deals that have been made. The, the Chinese just negotiated the deal with... Iran and Saudi Arabia, and then they just negotiated another deal with Brazil. It sounds like they're going to drop the dollar. What What do you think is 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 Americans? You know, what is the United States' biggest external threat right now? In your opinion, I get I get asked that, and I always turn and I'm like, I think the biggest external threat is actually an internal threat. I think. We're spending so freaking much money right now. We're just printing money. And what are we at? I don't even know how many trillions of dollars in debt we are. And uh, I'm not a finance person either. But wow, like checkbook in money coming in, money going out doesn't make any sense to me. And like, oh, you know, you can go to 110% of debt against GDP, nothing to worry about here. And when you get when you get to 200%, usually your government's going to collapse, your economy's going to collapse. So I'm kind of right there right now. And I think the other stuff spins out from it, to tell you the truth. So, like, until we get our house in order here, 
you know, we're just getting taken advantage of. I, you know, if if we were looking at this as the op four, as the opposition force, you and I were like, let's let's see how we should screw with America. Uh, <laughs> it would it would probably be all the things that are happening now that in our in our nation, and also we'll go back to Afghanistan. I mean, the way we we pulled out of there, everybody wants to say it was not everybody. But some people want to say nothing to see there. Just it's one of those things. But I really think that that showed our belly to the rest of the world. What happens after that, Sean? You saw it. The Chinese start flying. Dude, they were flying. Well, just then, back then, they were flying what 60, 70 fighters towards Taiwan, crossing into the whatever, cross that line, and then coming back out. Just testing us, right? It was like the classic bully thing. I think the Russians got. I think I think they saw how we did our withdrawal in Afghanistan as a green light. They're like, we got this. Americans are are weak. Mm-hmm. They, they miscalculated there. So that that's my my quick answer is I think this internal thing. But it comes back to like a lot of the other things you just talked about in your laundry list of fifteen things. <laughs> Defense industrial complex. What's our national strategy look like? How do we engage in the world economically? So. Well, why do you what? So yeah, let's I argue. said I said the I said external threats. You brought it internal with our spending. What, what is that going to do? Explain that to the audience. What is what is the what is the excessive spending? What's going to happen? Well, you just brought up the issues with the dollar is being collapsing, collapsing. You know, our our bread and butter pun intended, was, uh, you know, the re- United the dollar was the reserve currency. You had uh, you had David McCormick. He knows all this stuff. I don't, I'm like you. I just know that it doesn't sound right. And the our greatest strength, I believe, is our economic power, right? I also think it's our informational power. I think that, I think the vision of America, of what we want it to be, that we all believe in, we don't always achieve it. I got all that. We can go on all day about that. So I think the informational element of power and the economic element of power are critical. You know, they call it the dime, right? Diplomatic, when we're doing strategy, when you're at the Pentagon or at the White House doing strategy, diplomatic, there are four tools of power. Diplomatic, information, military, economics, right? And it's how you bring those together is how, what your strategy is and what you're Obviously, the first question is, what are we trying to do with the world, right? And it comes, that's why I thought the last administration was neo-isolationist, which was like, pull everything back in. Let's get our house in order here before we start going off and trying to fix the rest of the world. Because like your business, business people, what do you do when things are unstable and chaotic? You hedge. Don't put any bet too big on any one thing. Do a little here, do a little there, see how things work out. So we, I'm worried right now we're too heavily invested in the military, right? So our, the amount of money that we can spend in the United States, they call it discretionary spending, meaning it's not tied up in Medicaid, Medicare, Social Security. The rest of the budget, I looked this up online and it was the government accounting office. Like 60% goes to the military. You can't even find out how much goes to information. Diplomacy is a couple percent, maybe 6%. Economics is Department of Treasury. Really hard to nail that down. I'm like, 
let's go ahead and recalibrate a little and let's put more into economics. Let's put more into information. Let's put more into diplomacy. That's my thing. And so that's why I think it's incumbent that we, we, we're too strategic overreach, they call it. You know, we're, we're engaged in too many places. Let's collapse it in a little bit, just like you're running your business. Well, hey, uh, going to be lost an advertiser. My income stream's going to drop by this much. I'm going to have to make adjustments in something else. That's where I think we should be right now. Does that make any sense? Yeah, Or is that does. too, like, talking pointish? No, it does. And, and you know, ch- changing course a little bit, we we're, were just talking about the Chinese, Afghanistan. I mean, I, f- I feel like we missed a, a tremendous opportunity there with the lithium. The Chinese were there to negotiate mm-hmm. those lithium right. minerals before. What was that about? Why didn't we? Yeah. Was there... Do you think there Let's was a take, big? Are you you're thinking was there was there some sort of big play with all these uh, companies, these corporate elements? Well, I'm wondering why we didn't make some kind of deal with the Afghan government on on bringing that lithium to light and making batteries, especially with this big green initiative. I don't know if that was ever on the table. You would be obviously more previous to that information than than myself, but. It seems to me we missed a major business opportunity uh, with the world by not utilizing the lithium in Afghanistan after we'd been there for 20 years. Then we leave before we're even out. China's there to negotiate this stuff with with the Afghan government. Makes you wonder. I mean, do you have any insight yeah, on that? So the, the negotiations with the Taliban were really, really close hold, super close hold. I felt like I had a little bit of insight, but the guy at the time was this diplomat called Zal Khalilazad. He was doing that. I, I don't know who he was talking to, whether he was talking to Pompeo, but the details, I think you're, I think you're onto something though. That's like the art of diplomacy is there, there had to be some way to do something with that. Because uh, remember, they identified that early on, that the rare earth minerals in Afghanistan, like there's that deposit just up there on their border of China is just huge, right? Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, was I guess what I'm getting at is, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to poke and blame the Biden administration for botching that entire thing. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's take the right. – let's take the – Everything else, you know, everything that happened out of it, the Chinese were there to negotiate that. We knew that they had that. We have this massive green initiative that that um, that, that the government's trying to push right now. So why wouldn't we show interest in this, in those lithium deposits? Why would we let China come in and just take over that to produce the stuff that we're going to have to buy from them eventually? It, you- it doesn't make any sense to me. And so... And so a lot of people chalk this up to incompetence. There's so many things that are happening right now that seem to be chalked up to incompetence that I don't believe it's incompetence anymore. I believe it's it's intentional. You know, so what I'm kind of asking you is I, at the end of the Trump administration, you were there was and and there were two other administrations, you know what I mean, that that they could have done something with this, the Obama administration, the Bush administration. I mean, we have four administrations that had a hand in this. Was there ever, to your knowledge, 
any talk about some kind of a deal with Afghanistan to 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 do something with all these lithium deposits. I thought there was early on when that uh, d- those deposits were identified. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, there's. You said it at the start, though. It's not. It, it is factual that a lot of uh, of Democrats, foreign policy and national security people, uh, were either by by philosophy or economically tied to uh, partnering with the Chinese for years and years and years. So mm-hmm. I don't know, but I wonder if like. The current crew, it's undeniable if you look at their forms and who they've worked with in the past and their consulting organizations, it's undeniable that they were receiving a lot of money from Chinese interests, right? Isn't yeah. it isn't it irrefutable? Exactly. You know, and that's I guess my yes, it is. And and yes, I do deep down I believe that this shit was intentional. I believe that I just, just what I believe. I believe that China has so much influence over the current administration that that's why it happened. But I guess at the same time, I always like to play devil's advocate, and I would like to disprove myself. You know? I, do, I and, do too. And so what I'm getting at is, was there any plan? You know, I mean, because we were trying to bring stability to Afghanistan as well, correct? Yeah. We didn't want them exporting heroin. You know, that was their main export, correct? Yep. So why not lift up lithium and drop heroin? You know what I mean? And and that could have been a, that could have helped stabilize that portion of the world. Yeah, better than growing cotton or whatever. Fast. Yeah. You know, and and it seems like, you know, looking back, I've never heard anybody talk about it. And so I'm wondering if all four administrations completely dropped the ball on this shit. Could be. I don't know. I just remember that time where uh, they did the survey. You know, they brought in mineralogists or whatever surveyors, and like, there's a crap ton, like billions and billions of dollars worth, right? Trillions? Mm-hmm. Was it trillions? I can't remember. Uh, in Afghanistan, and I—that's the last I remember. Okay, it just—it seems, yeah, it seems odd that we poured that much money, that much sacrifice, that much, you know, time into that place and then bam, just on, it just seemed like it was just on a whim. Like, hey, you know what? We're gonna pull out in a couple hours. And, um, and, 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 and that was it, you know? So. Beats me. No clue. No clue, sorry. Serious face, All got right. nothing. All right. You know, I've got no internal odd and if I knew something, I'd, vo- I'd pop off. Well, I've heard you talk about external threats and this is where I was going before you brought in the this the excessive spending uh, which which I personally would consider an internal threat I've heard you say that the biggest threat to the United States right now is the fentanyl crisis mm-hmm. why do you think that over everything else over China over Russia over all the other things that we're facing first meeting I got to go into the Oval Office was on um it was right before Christmas. I can't remember what year it was. Well, it was probably 2019. Um, the, there, a Mormon 
a segment had been attacked and a bunch of people had been killed. Americans had been killed. Do you remember that? Right in the border. And then one of the drunk cartels took over a town in the south of Mexico and just like was basically took a town over. And I got invited to be in the cheap seats in the Oval Office, which I'd never been into uh, for a meeting. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to this thing because I was doing transnational threats as well as counterterrorism. Went in there and the subject, oh, you know what it was? It was the same day that Saudi pilot down at Pensacola shot, killed, I think, three people. Do you remember that terrorist attack? So that's the day. I, I can't remember, but I remember that event. And went in there and presidents at his desk. And then he had all the cabinet advisors lined up in chairs, like in front of him, like school. That's how we did the thing. I got to sit on one of the couches that you see, like, you know, because I'm a nobody, right? Like, yeah, you can go. And then I found out later I wasn't supposed to be in there, but I just walked in anyhow. So whatever. And at the time, the president said, uh, 77,000 Americans are being killed each year due to illicit drugs coming in from south of the border. And we're not doing much about it. And I want to fix that. And he, that was his point about what do we have the military for if it's not to defend our borders. And I'd been working with a partner on getting additional Department of Defense military support on the border. And one of the key things that the military wanted and the counter-drug people wanted was this simple radar. That if they had this radar, and it was an expensive radar, but it doesn't matter. It's in the system, right? They wanted this radar, and that would help them see this whole different quadrant of the Caribbean to track aircraft coming in. And right now, we're, we were kind of blind. The Department of Defense was like, we can't give you that radar. Like, why not? They said, because it's because we, we, we've pivoted and we're focusing on China, Asia, Indo-Pacific. Like, no, 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 no. 77,000 Americans are being killed every year. That radar could reduce the amount of that. Fought them kicking and screaming. You would have thought that it was the, like, we were going to, like, kick them out of the Pentagon or something. That was my first wake-up call, but the president brought up 77,000. Of course, it got politicized. Oh, this is just another play to shut down the border, build the wall, whatever the hell all that stuff was. But it wasn't. It was focused on the fact that how many Americans were killed in our uh, in our 20-year war? Let's call it 6,500, 7,000. Vietnam War, what, 60,000? Every year... 77,000. You know what it is this year? You know what it is, 117,000. It's got to be over 100,000. 117,000 Americans died this year, primarily because of fentanyl, of course. Chinese produced, started there, although they're making the crap out of that now down south, aren't they? Uh, so well, China's sending in chemists to teach these cartels how to make that shit and supplying the and, and bringing the supplies to make it. Isn't that, isn't that inherently governmental function for the military is to secure our border? <laughs> hey, am I, I missing something here? That's what I'm saying. That's, 
That's exactly what I'm saying. Am I missing something? And, but then, then you get the military. It's like, oh, no, we have to f- focus on, you know, high-end war fighting. Near, what do they call it? Pure, great power competition. That's what the buzzword is now. We have to focus on great power competition. We have to focus on Asia and Indo-PACOM and China and all this crap. And, and I'm like, no, the threat's coming in across our border to the south. Let's use our military capabilities to defend against that that's killing this many people. So I, I, I'm still like gobsmacked about like why we're not doing more. And then, you know, the command, the military command that uh, kind of is responsible for the border, there are two. One's Northern Command, which is uh, kind of border. But the other one is called Southern Command, which is in Miami, that does Latin America, mm-hmm. you know? They're the most they're the most under-resourced command. Like all the money goes to the Middle East and goes to the Pacific. And these people get table scraps. But there's something interesting happening down there, Sean. And let's if you don't mind, the innovation piece. They have no money. And you talked about it earlier. When you don't have any money, you have to figure stuff out. They're doing the most interesting things with artificial intelligence, machine learning, data analytics. They're learning how to use cheap sensors and platforms because they don't get anything. So there's something really interesting going on down there. We can come back to that later. But this fentanyl thing, like, my thing is a regular warfare. It's conventional warfare, right? Tanks, planes, ships, you know, clashes of arms, you know, like huge World War II battles. There's a thing called a regular warfare, which is where you're fighting. It's not conventional. It's not like that. You're fighting for the will and the spirit of the people. And you're using different tools. You're using cyber. You're using psychological warfare information operations. You're using, uh, you're using your special operations forces to help Local police forces, local constabulary, Coast Guard, military forces to protect, to become professional and also to protect, uh, you know, advance our, our goals. In this case, like, hey, no more drugs coming in out of your co- country. And, uh, you know, I talked about strategic overreach. So your listeners are like, this guy said one, one, on one hand, he's like, come back home. The nuance in my argument is, no, we need to have small elements of the intelligence community and special operators, very small, out there sensing, learning, supporting, and when needed, bringing in additional capability, whether that's from the State Department, whether that's like loan programs from the Treasury Department, so that they're out there. So that's that's kind of where you can save money, bring everybody home, but still keep your sensors out there. But with the fentanyl thing, you know, that's the, that you've, you know, the Chinese had that uh, doctrine, total war book by those colonels. I read that thing when it come out like nineties or something. Right. And they basically promulgated when you're, when you're engaged with an enemy. And in this case, we're the enemy. Everything's on the table. You know how we think about war, mm-hmm. tanks, ships, planes, people walking around in uniform. They're like, no, it's economics, it's disinformation, it's everything, it's communications. Everything is used to advance your goals. And this fentanyl thing, 
there's some writers that have come out with it, but it hasn't really been embraced yet. I'm very confident that we'll, when this is all said and done, we're going to go like that was a deli- absolutely deliberate part of their total war campaign to undermine the United States. You're there, aren't you? Absolutely. Yeah, it's absolutely it's happening. There. It's undeniable. So what, how do we fix this? One, hold on, let me backtrack. <laughs> Why I don't understand how this is not a bipartisan initiative to secure this border. You know, at the beginning, I was like, all right, they, they, it's, 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 it's the liberal bleeding heart. They care about everybody, right? That, 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 that used to be what I think about that side. It's, it's all right. They just, they want to take care of everybody. It's all peace, love, all that kind of stuff, right? Which doesn't work everywhere. But then, New administration comes in. We have more people in the camps, you know, just spreading COVID rampant. You got all these kids separated from their parents. All all this information's coming out that the border crisis has gotten worse. More people are in the camps. More people are dying. There's more trafficking going on. There's more sex trafficking. There's more drug trafficking. So you can't really give me the humanitarian argument anymore. Nobody's doing anything to make it maybe a little bit easier to come into the country legally, you know, for the good people that want to be here. We obviously need workers. It's getting hard to find Americans that want to get off their ass and go to work, right? And, but nothing's being done. That's not happening. They're not easing up any immigration. More, whatever, I'm just, I'm not going to go over it all again, but so I'm not buying the whole humanitarian aspect on why we're not securing the border. So why don't they want to secure the border? I, it's beyond me. You know where I'm going to go with this because I'm going to go with like this political dysfunction. And I'm not about, like my wife's like, it's all over. Like, I don't even know why we bother anymore. Declining power, just embrace it, you know, circle in the drain. And of course I'm like, no. Yeah. And I, I don't want to go like, I'm not a politician, right? Mm-hmm. So I hate to go there, but what the heck, this, your show, you cover a lot of stuff. We need a change, man. We need a change in, in uh, leaders in our, like, how many, it's, they're a bunch of geriatrics right now. Yeah. I mean, come on, next generation up to you, to your generation. We got to do something. Do you think that I got to, I'm not giving up hope. I was really hoping that more veterans would uh, answer the call. I think we got like 68, 80 veterans serving in elected positions. Uh, you know, after Watergate and after the, we lost the war in Vietnam, 73 was a huge change where they basically like kicked everybody out and started over. Biden got elected then. Whole generation came up with change and, you know, we're going to reinvent this country. You can argue about the success they had. I was really hoping that that was going to happen because, man, people are, I don't know, maybe I'm missing it. Maybe I'm missing it. I must be missing it. It's just like, come on, we can do so much better. And why aren't we doing that? Are we just so in love with our little world of, you know, our cell phone and our Netflix that we, we're just getting, 
just getting the opiate of the mass is not religion. It's Netflix. But th- that's, so that's where I am because I, I just like, this is a bipartisan issue. And I'm with, if I could, I'm going to get yelled at. I'll get all sorts of hate mail. There needs to be, why can't we update our immigration system? If somebody wants to come to the United States, they pass screening. Why wouldn't we embrace that? I don't, I don't get it. I don't either. You know, I actually, what, I went no, down. Seriously, Sean, what are we missing? I don't, like, I don't understand it either. I went down, I went down to one of those border camps and pulled some immigrants out and interviewed them at a coffee shop. And that if it's been about a year since I did this, so my numbers might be off a little bit. But if I remember correctly, this guy, he had made the trek from Honduras. He's been living in a tent for, I believe, two years with his wife. You know how he makes money? He has a little cell phone charger, like one of those battery solar ones, and he runs around and sells power to anybody else in the camp for like 25 cents to make money. He's been waiting there for an approval for his immigration. Sounds like our kind of guy. Yeah, for over two years. And all he wants to do is come and work. Now, all he would have to do is walk about five miles east and cross the border, but he doesn't want to. He wants to do it right. You know, and so in my mind, I'm like, I didn't, I, I, that's one, two specimens out of the entire camp. You know what I mean? But what I'm saying is, you, you, we see it. You see it everywhere you go. You see illegal immigrants working. They're doing lawn care. They're working factories. They're cleaning. They're you know they're doing blue collar jobs and they're doing them very well because no Americans Americans think they're too good to do this shit now, you know. And and so why why aren't they lifting the policies up a little bit to let these people in to like the good ones. And in, in, yeah, maybe there are a lot of good ones coming in illegally, but make them like bring them in legally. That's more tax dollars, right? And, but they're not, they're not doing anything. There's nothing happening. Nothing, nothing is, is happening. happening. It's just one side batting it back this way, and then the other side bats it back this way, and nothing happens, you know? And so, I, I, I just don't understand any of it. But what, what was, did you have a plan for this? For, for the border? For the fentanyl crisis? It, uh, so it was really, really developmental. Um, but there was, I was very much involved with some other people and what would this look like? Because we've done this before. Remember, uh, probably the first use, was it, was it Delta Force? Their first kind of coming out was, was it Pablo Escobar? Who was the Colombian that uh, Escobar was? It Escobar, remember they went. We had people down there for years helping, assisting with the search, and so that's another one. Like, isn't this a special operations mission? I I'll tell you what, fellas, men and women in special operations right now are sitting around with their sitting on their hands, bored to tears. So we go from you know just burning down the entire organization to now we got the next generation who came in because they want to go deploy sitting on their hands. And I said, so we've got a threat to the South. This is an ideal use of all these things we've learned in counterterrorism about manhunting and how to, you know, 
and because really manhunting can be applied to so many different things, you know, fentanyl, drug distributors, it's networks, right? It's networks. You know this. It's, it's figuring out networks. We've mastered that. Our special operations forces have mastered that. Why isn't this a mission for them? You know, why why not go down? Now, Mexico's a different problem, you know, because that guy's taken over that damn country. What's his face? Uh, oh, what do they call AMLO? That guy's becoming a dictator, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, you know, so they're very nationalistic. We don't want your help. You just screw everything up. We got a drug war because of you guys. All this stuff they say. Uh, I believe that to a point, but not enough. There's other stuff going on there, right? A lot of people getting paid, obviously. But the rest of the world, uh, rest of Latin America, why, why wouldn't we use our military capabilities? Sensors, come on, man. We we can we can track those submersibles. Have you ever seen any of those? I haven't. The homemade ones? Oh my gosh! Like the homemade oh the homemade, homemade subs? Yes, I have seen them. Whew. That's some that's some innovation there. Yeah, we can we can track all that stuff, right? But we made a decision not to put the resources against it, and I don't know why we have made that decision. Our goal, our plan, and where we were going was to dedicate more resources military resources, as well as judicial. At the end of the day, uh, judicial branch, uh, DOJ ended up doing a lot, you know. Uh, but we thought that we could ex- we could accelerate and we could amplify their legal means through intelligence collection, training of, indi- of local forces, and interdiction, and change, change the narrative. But you brought it up. Shit was coming across from China. We had all our stuff. It was so funny. We'd have all our sensors. We had this thing set up perfectly for for marijuana and cocaine and all that crap. And then all of a sudden, you got freighters coming across that are commercial freighters that are not part of the uh, of the sensor and assessment network, right? So we had to rejigger that. So that's where we were going with this, you know. The president said some very, very provocative things uh, during these discussions, and everybody took him at face value. But you know, the president was a real—he's a real estate guy, so and he's New York, so he's always going to challenge you. And he was like the classic old boss I had growing up. I don't know if you had him that would always be challenging you, but if you stood up and you answered, they were just checking your homework. And he'd say some provocative stuff. I'll tell you what he said. I'll, it's already public. He goes, hey, you guys got all those cruise missiles, got all these great fighter aircraft. Why don't we just go uh, bomb all these drug labs? Yes, uh, question. Why don't we? Well, Mr. President, we absolutely can do that. Be a violation of uh, a sovereign nation. Uh, we probably have enough intelligence that we can. There's going to be a lot of collateral damage and uh, going to be a lot of blowback on that. We're going to kill some innocent people and whatnot. Yeah. Okay. Just asking the question. I think it's a good question to ask, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. We've got all these precision guided munitions. Right? At least it's at least it's starting a discussion. Yeah, but everybody like he's crazy. He wants to bomb Mexico. Yeah. No, he was he was pushing you. I mean, why why isn't this why isn't this at the forefront? You know, we have so there's this disconnect between Republicans and Democrats and everybody knows it. We're dividing. It's it's ridiculous, you know, but what do you, what do we hear? We hear 
how how bad the poverty is, the homeless situation, the 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 deaths. A hundred? Would you say one hundred and seventeen thousand? I want to say. You know, last year. I mean, and supposedly, I mean, who who doesn't want to be on the humanitarian mission for our own country, right? Well, you want to fix the humanitarian problem that we're having right now, then you fix the fucking fentanyl crisis. You know, that takes care of a lot of the homelessness. That takes care of a lot of broken families. That is Could going- you imagine, could you imagine like if some, if we had a leader that just described it the way you did, that we're going to come together as a country and, you know, just the way you described it, where do I sign up? My kids would be like, yeah, I'll go do whatever I need to do. Where do you need me? Need me to work in here, here? You, you could absolutely rally. Couldn't you rally the country behind that? Or are we just, I mean, di- I are we just dinosaurs? So. You're younger than I am. I, I would think so. I mean, that's what I want, but, not, but nothing is happening. And um, so let's dive in. How would, how would we fix it? Would you, would we fix our border in Mexico or would we fix our border by operating within, within our own border? You, uh, you got to push it out, you, you know, and that's why you can criticize me for like, oh, you want a strategic overreach. Strategic overreach is when you're doing stuff where in places you don't need to be. <laughs> this is, this is clearly not one of those cases. So, and I'm not going to, like, we, we can't boil the ocean, you know, like, oh, if, if there was a better economy in El Salvador, there wouldn't be all these problems here. So, you know, you can only do so much, but uh, we have the resources. Uh, let's see, is it $868 billion a year goes to defense? $868 billion with a B. So let's just call it a trillion because when you throw in all the intel agencies and we'll call it a trillion. So we can't shift resources to a more holistic. And I'm not saying like, oh, we need to have childcare facilities on every block. Uh, we need to provide a job to everybody. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but selectively targeted program I bet you the network analysis, we can find out where the key nodes are to either attack kinetically or to attack with program programs, money, people. I just bet you we could. Uh, but it, let's be, come on. It starts with interdiction. It, if, if you can get, that's the problem is, you know, with this fentanyl, holy crap, you can get like, it's so easy to uh, hide. I mean, I don't even think we would need a covert action. You know, I mean, look, the Nord Stream pipeline just blew up. Nobody knows who did it, right? Maybe it was us. Maybe it was somebody else. I don't know who the hell it was. But why why can't we go back to the old school days, like the OSS, you know, and and things like, what is that? What is all these? What are all these transactions going in? Cash. You know, there's all this human trafficking shit. They're smuggling stuff, guns. You want to hear a weird Lots one? of guns. Why can't we maybe, I don't know, put some kind of device in the weapon? And so Totally when, doable. I, it, all this we, shit is doable. We, there's Sean, just you're, as tri- much you're going, triggering me. You're triggering there's me. There's just as much going, 
from the from the U.S. into Mexico, well, I guess I shouldn't say there's just as much because I don't know. But there's a lot of things, money, people, guns smuggled into Mexico from the U.S. that we could, I don't know, maybe plant something in, knowing where it's going, and then that location is now done. If we don't have to... We don't take accountability for anything in this country anymore. Why the hell? You know? You're, you're triggering me because uh, I got really deep into this planning stuff. Like, went to a real dark place. I'm just learning everything I can. I'm talking to everybody, any organization in government. And uh, you brought up gun flow. That was one of the biggest, un that was one of the biggest issues. And the Mexicans would be like, you guys... You guys just let guns flow into our country. Not my problem. All right, check this out. And I won't tell where because then I hope it's been fixed. Something as simple as uh, license plate readers. So it was a state that will remain nameless. Border crossings had uh, license plate readers for all vehicles coming from America crossing in. Then... You could do pattern recognition by seeing what came back out. And you could do, they put it in the Googleator and figure out, like, holy shit, here are 15 vehicles that clearly are doing something illicit. We don't know what it is, but now we're going to go ahead and focus on it. You know what happened? Had to remove those cameras facing north because it was some lawyers decided that that could be interpreted as a violation of American civil liberties and illegal search. Illegal search, dude. I'm not making this up, man. I hope it's been fixed by now. But so that was where we were. Like, okay, we need to get that fixed. Number one. Here we have these huge ideas, right? We're like, oh my gosh, we can interdict here. We can do all these things. We can play these cartels off against each other. You know, doing all that stuff. And it came down to like, can we get you go down there and talk to a, uh, an officer on the border. Like, what do you need? Like, can we just get those cameras back <laughs> north? Something as simple as that. So you kind of triggered me on the gun flow. It's, I don't know if it's any better now, but we, we didn't get it solved. Yeah. Is there anything else we can do to fix this? Or is it, do you think it'll ever be fixed? What do you think about the idea of legalizing drugs? Do you th there's an argument saying that would end this. Man, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still jury's out on that one for me. You know, marijuana's legal in DC now. I don't really, I'm, I'm kind of libertarian. I don't care. You yeah. know, I'm like, do what you want. It's, I don't think it's a big deal, uh, but um, then the legalized drugs, I, I just got instinctually, it's kind of this iconoclastic libertarian, I'm kind of like, I'm not a libertarian, but kind of, you know, do what you want, just don't do it so you screw with me or my family, I don't give yeah. a shit what you do in your home. Um, my instincts are to say, Yes, initially, but aren't the Dutch, aren't they rolling back all their legalization stuff after how many years? Yeah, I honestly have no idea. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, 
you know, the war, they talk about the longest war was the war on drugs, right? And we haven't clearly, that's the thing, we're losing that one too. <laughs> Can we do something about it is your answer. I think, I think if we mobilize, I think we can. I absolutely do. Well, we, if we, why haven't we done it already? I can hear the counter argument. I don't think we really tried. No, I don't think we have either. It's kind of half-assed, just enough to keep, keep the politicians so they can get reelected. All right, yeah. that sounded pretty cynical, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I believe you had mentioned this ties into the industrial military complex. Or the, excuse me, the military-industrial complex. Yeah. How is that? Well, just the deficit spending and the fact that we're spending so much on defense. Uh, I think some people argue with me, but I think right now we're spending more money in peacetime on the military than we ever have before. You get this counter argument. They're like, but you have to understand, Chris, uh, the economy's bigger. So the way we should measure defense spending is a percentage of gross domestic product, like I'm like, okay, we need to have a flat rate. Right now it's at 2.8%. We need to increase to 3% regardless. Now, I I love that when that's an acute approach for them that advocate for this. This is all the rage right now. It should be a percentage of GDP because that's how we should calculate this. Now, if GDP falls, I want to see what they say. <laughs> you know, like... Oh, it's good as long as GDP keeps going up. But what happens if you have something happen and you have a donut hole and we collapse for COVID or something like that? GDP drops. What are they going to say then? Because their budget's going to go from a trillion dollars a year to, to eight hundred billion, and they're going to scream bloody murder. But the point uh, of that is, you know, you're talking about the future. You're talking about China, Ukraine, all this stuff. I just think we're organized incorrectly as a military. We're still in this industrial age, huge. Aircraft carriers, $14 billion a copy. Planes, F-35, $1.5 trillion, life of the program. That's not the future of warfare, right? You know, like right now, like sensors and the ability to target and take down offensive weapon systems is so cheap now, right? That's like, would you want to fly a helicopter over, you, over Donetsk right now? No. Why not? <laughs> you, I know. You know what I'm saying. Right? Yeah. Because some dude's going to jump out of a, 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 a dugout or from a garage and shoot your ass down. with a with. So you're flying. What's an Apache go for? Well, let's use what they're flying. They're flying Russian-made. I think those things go for like $18, $20 million a copy, right? They hear that crap. Some kid's going to jump out with a shoulder-fired missile and drop you. Unless you're flying at 25,000 feet, and then you can't do anything, right? If you're at 25,000 feet, you're not going to, can't even see your target, right? So if you're flying low, you are going to get shot down, right? Mm -hmm. End of story. So how do you counteract that? We're changing from the power of the offense, you know, World War II, everything, Blitzkrieg. We're going back to like World War One, where defense is more powerful and it always rotates. You know that it always like flip flops back and forth based on technology, tactics, strategy, and all that. Seems to me that we're flipping back to where the defense is more powerful. Uh, so, because like, look, where are our phones? I mean, 
Dude, I bet you we could pull up where every United States arm, United States Navy carrier is probably online right now. You think we could? I, I bet you're right. I bet you we could. Now, 20 years ago, that was top secret information, right? Like, oh my God, we were the only only handful of us had satellites. Shit, you can get commercial satellite coverage now. You can go to Maxar, right, and say, hey, I'll buy all the imagery of this port, this port, this port, this port, and you can see you can see where ships are pretty easy. So that's, that's kind of my hot, that's my thing is, you know, we're preparing our military for the wrong thing. We're just the military industrial complex. I know I'm talking too much. Now you're you not. got me, you got me fired up. I said the funniest thing one time off the record that ended up going on the record where I was talking about the military industrial complex, F-35, I said all this stuff. It was, I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, of course, Lockheed Martin and others didn't think it was funny, the producers of these aircraft. I used to get really, really angry, like really, really angry at the def- major defense contractors that are, you know, making these exquisite weapon systems, like, you know, hugely expensive, gold-plated, you know, oh my gosh, think and cook your toast in the morning, you know, launch a doggone anti-satellite missile in the afternoon, and in the evening, you know, it can, you know, move cross-country and take out some tanks. I mean, these things are amazing, right? They're incredibly expensive. I used to get really, really angry at them, and then I recently, I was like, wait a second, pull your head out of your ass. They're doing exactly what the system his incentivizing. Does that make sense? It does. It's like, dude, it was like slap to the head. I'm an idiot. Stop bitching about these companies that are fleecing the American public. They're doing exactly what the structure and the system has incentivized them to do. I was like, okay, so stop hating on them and understand more. So what do we do is the question. So we change where the money's coming from. Yeah. We give them a new incentive. Got to change the incentive structure. Okay, you you brought up a whole bunch of companies earlier, people that have started their own companies. That's my gig now. It's like like these small companies that have really patriotic people that are doing great work that want to contribute to the national defense, have these incredible products, you name it, artificial intelligence, Oh, circuitry, you know, all this sensors, drones, counter drone. Go down the list. We can just go down the list all day long. They can't get in the game uh, because the way the incentive structure is, there's there are people that are trying to change it, but there has there has to be full like full scale rescoping of how we spend our defense dollars. All right. So you're you're the you're the um, you're a GS thirteen, which is kind of a mid level bureaucrat at the Pentagon. You're responsible for uh, you know getting new. You're, you're responsible for like the new innovative boot for the Army, and you have a choice between a company that has this great technology, great materials, great vision of how to do this, and they're small and scrappy. Or you can go to like Wolverine, you know, the biggest shoe manufacturer, I'm making this up, but you know, one of the greatest shoe manufacturers in the world that's going to make an inferior product, but you know it's going to get delivered on time. Or if something goes wrong 
and it doesn't get delivered on time or the quality's bad and your boss comes down to chew your ass and you go, hey, I went with Wolverine. It's the world's largest shoe producer. Oh, okay. Now, what if you said, oh, I went with ABC Footwear out of uh, you know Dubuque, Iowa, and they couldn't deliver? You're going to get you're going to get fired. Mm-hmm. But if you go with the main one, in this case, like a defense major defense company, Lockheed Martin, like you go with Lockheed Martin and they fail, you don't get fired because the incentive structure, like oh yeah, that happens, no big deal. If you go with uh, some company down here in Franklin that has an innovative technology and it's new and it doesn't work exactly right. Congress is going to come in and yell at the Pentagon, the Pentagon, the poor person that's up on the Hill getting yelled at. Why, why did you go with, you know, Franklin semiconductor when you could have gone with Raytheon and they're like, Oh, because these guys, they're the best. We got it. got to flip that. That make any sense, or was that too like dorky? I think it makes sense. But you're saying go after the most innovative, change your incentive structure too. Allow allow the program the guy the person in the in the government that is cutting the contract allow them to fail once in a while and don't don't fire them. Uh, and work it, with the work, work with the smaller companies and set them up for success. Yes. I mean, so, so there needs to be some type of liaison network between business and government rather than just Raytheon, Lockheed, Boeing. What's the other one? Doesn't Raytheon, matter. yeah. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I was trying to get at. Makes a lot of sense. Makes and a lot of sense. What do you think the future of warfare looks like? Anybody that predicts is full of shit, you know? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, but you got to you got to make some you got to make some assumptions, right? Well, we had talked, we had spoke a little bit offline about it, and oh, I was um, going to give you my answer. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it, I mean, we're seeing we're seeing war. I believe we're seeing warfare right now. I believe we're seeing a huge propaganda war. We had spoke. Well, let's hear what you have. To no, say. I want to hear what you guys. As far as warfare is concerned, I think. I think we're in the middle of a war right now, and right. I think people don't realize it. I think the fentanyl thing is part of the war. I think the buying our politicians out is part of the war. I think the TikTok and propaganda thing that's going on is part of the war. I think the disinformation thing is part of the war. I think all the bots that are interacting with social media outlets is part of the war. All the, all the, you know what I'm talking about, right? All the, the, yeah. the Twitter bots, the Instagram bots, that because it 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 fires the population up, it it divides us. I think, I think that the big push on these, on the racism, the 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 trans, I think all of that is part of the propaganda. That's 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 part of the war, and I think. We've spoken about this earlier, and we'll get into it again. I think that there's a possibility that all of these these chemical spills and 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 contaminated water and food processing plants that are that are catching fire and blowing up, and the eighteen thousand heads of cattle that just blew up. I think that's all part of the war. I think it's. 
I think they're hitting us from every angle possible, except an actual force-on-force there, I, you know, my smart-ass remark was going to be, and how good is a M1 main battle tank or an F-35 or a four-class aircraft carrier to deterring any of those activities that you just said? It's completely worthless. Completely worthless. So we continue to invest in these, these miraculous weapon systems that won the Cold War, won World War II. Well, they're new ones now, obviously, but that kind of mentality, right? And success is going to come off of silicon. It's going to come across from what's between our ears. And that's my whole irregular warfare thing is why are we fighting them the way they want us to fight them? Why don't we fight the way we fight, which is use their tools back against them, which we can do. Information operations. Come on, man. We, we can sell. We literally we we can sell soap to people that don't need so or that's a bad example. I wasn't going to you know I'm trying to be careful what I say because you don't want to say something crazy. But you know, we can advertise, we can sell you whatever, right? Sounds cliché. We can sell, you know, whatever. Um so we know how to do that, right? How many of you have logged into your Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, whatever your streaming platform is, only to find the same mind-numbing content over and over and over again? And then you wind up settling and you just watch that mind-numbing content. Maybe it's time to spend your time learning something that's inspiring and that could possibly improve your life. That's why I'm so excited that Hillsdale College is offering more than 40 free online courses in the most important and enduring subjects. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the stories in the book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or history of the ancient Christian church. With Hillsdale College's online courses, they are all available for free. That's right, it's free. I personally recommend you sign up for American Citizenship in its decline with Victor Davis Hanson. In this eight-lecture course, Dr. Hanson explores the history of citizenship in the West and the threats it faces today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. The course is self-paced so that you can start whenever and wherever you want. Start your free course, American Citizenship and Its Decline, with Victor Davis Hanson today. Go right now to hillsdale.edu slash srs to start. It's free and it's easy to get started. That's hillsdale.edu slash srs to start. hillsdale.edu slash srs. Those of you that have been around SRS for a while know that we take mental health very seriously here. So seriously that in almost every episode, you'll find a segment where we discuss how to improve your mental health. And part of improving your mental health is keeping your mind sharp. And part of keeping your mind sharp is giving it the fuel that it needs to balance energy, focus, cognition, and just regenerating your brain. That triggered me to go on a journey to find the supplement that supports brain health with the cleanest of ingredients on the planet, and I found it. I was actually gonna start my own company and do this, but I found Laird Superfoods, I've partnered with them, 
Now I'm a partial owner, and I really believe in these products. Here's my favorite product. Performance Mushrooms by Laird Superfoods. Brain Fuel. You can put this in your coffee, you can put it in your tea, you can drink it raw, you can mix it with their greens, you can do all kinds of stuff. Bottom line is, this is the best possible supplement with the cleanest ingredients, all sourced in the United States that supports brain health. And here's two other products that I'm a fan of. Laird Superfoods Creamer, guess what? Contains functional mushroom extracts. Put this in your tea or coffee. And most of you know I'm not a caffeine or coffee drinker, but a lot of you are, and they just happen to have Laird Superfoods Coffee, organic Peruvian coffee with, you guessed it, functional mushrooms that support and regenerate your brain. Go to LairdSuperfoods.com. Use the promo code SRS. You'll get 20% off. Guys, this is the real deal. These are the finest of ingredients. Check it out. LairdSuperfoods.com. Promo code SRS. 20% off. I want to give a big thank you out right now to all the Vigilance Elite patrons out there that are watching the show right now. Just want to say thank you guys. You are our top supporters and you're what makes this show actually happen. If you're not on Vigilance Lead Patreon, I want to tell you a little bit about what's going on in there. So, we do a little bit of everything. There's plenty of behind the scenes content from the actual Sean Ryan show. On top of that, basically what I do is I take a lot of the questions that I get from you guys or the patrons and then I turn them into videos. So we get Right now, there's a lot of concern about self-defense, home defense, crimes on the rise all throughout the country, actually all throughout the world. And so we talk about everything from how to prep your home, how to clear your home, how to get familiar with a firearm, both rifle and pistol, for beginners and advanced. We talk about mindset. We talk about defensive driving. We have an end-of-the-month live chat that I'm on at the end of every month where we can talk about whatever topics you guys have. It's actually done on Zoom. You might enjoy it, check it out. And if Zoom's not your thing, or you don't like live chats, like I said, there's a library of well over 100 videos on where to start with prepping, all the firearm stuff, pretty much anything you can think of, it's on there. So anyways, go to www.patreon.com slash vigilance elite or just go in the link in the description. It'll take you right there. And if you don't want to, and you just want to continue to watch the show, that's fine too. I appreciate it either way. Love you all. Let's get back to the show. Thank you. We also, uh, then, so all the tools they're using against us, we can actually do as well, right? So why fight? The way the Chinese want us to fight is, you know, they want us to prepare for this huge force-on-force confrontation. I don't think they ever plan to do that. I don't I, know either. I think they're like just laughing all the way to the bank. Americans, they, they're like, we have hypersonic missiles. Now, I think going to Taiwan, they're going to have to have a conventional thing get there, right? I mean, that's going to be old kind of D-Day thing, whatever. Let's take that one. But when we get off, when we get to competition worldwide, 
It's like they're using money. <laughs> they're using all these tools, disinformation, misinformation, the things that you said. So here's what I'm, I'm rambling, but you just, it's like we're doing exactly what they want us to do, which is invest in these huge weapon systems, $14, $14 billion for an aircraft carrier. It can be defeated by a missile, a hypersonic missile. I don't even know what that costs, like a million? It's still a little steep. But you asked about the future of warfare. Like I also, so I'm with you. Like we have to, we have to use their tools back against them. Let's just use a quick example. Um, if you're a totalitarian, authoritarian regime, what's your biggest fear? It's popular unrest, right? So you need to have the population because you're you're tyrants at the end of the day, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you're a totalitarian regime. You want you need to keep your population complacent. You can't have them rising up. That's that's bad for your governing longevity, right? So they need to have an enemy, right? Every totalitarian regime has to have an enemy that they can point to their people and say the reason that we're acting the way we are is because those people mean to destroy us. So you need to support us. So every time we go with this big conventional, you know, we need to put more tanks here. We need to put more aircraft carriers here. Plays exactly into their narrative that they're using to, with their population, show us as the aggressor. So why do we do that? Why do we get? Why do we feed their mechanism for maintaining control? Let's do something else differently. Let's let's not use that let's use like there's a huge population in china that is uh wants to break away why don't we support them why don't we use like oh can i give you a quick one here's one for you the covid thing when that broke i was at the pentagon and i was in charge of information operations as a civilian and the chinese right away just started hammering us like there was this one thing where they accused a, a, an athlete, an Olympic athlete that was an American soldier. I can't remember how they did it, but they, somehow like she had traveled and they like blamed it all on her or some crap. And you could see the disinformation coming out. Like you could just see it real time. And they were using the bots. I mean, they were just flooding the zone with wrong, incorrect information. You want to know how long it took for us to respond? I went to the first meeting. 30 days after, and what really triggered it, I forgot the details, but it was when they accused this woman soldier that was in the Olympic training program, a bike rider, I want to say. As soon as they blamed her, it became my problem because now it was a military person. Before it had it had just focused on other stuff. So now I have a I I, we, the Pentagon, have skin in the game. So we got involved. I went to the first interagency messaging meeting. And I'm it's all online, of course, because we can't get together, Zoom call or whatever. And I didn't know what was going on. So you had the State Department nitpicking about this, that, and the other thing. And I got on and I said, I figured we had been doing this for months. I said, what else have you guys been doing? 
and they said, this is our first meeting. I said, so we're 30 days after the initial onslaught of their information operation against us, and we're having our first U.S. government interagency coordination meeting to how to respond to COVID. I knew I knew we were done at that point. I was yeah. like, so how do? But your point is, we can do better, but we've decided not to. Uh, so I could go on all day, man. It's just like we are looking at this. We have to retool for a, a different type of war that they are fighting that we are refusing to accept. And we just want to go back to World War II. It's all we want. Like, just keep it clean. No, it's not clean anymore. It's everywhere. You brought up Office of Strategic Services. It's in my book. It's like, we need to have a new Office of Strategic Service. Young people that maybe don't want to serve in the military or they don't want to go through all that, but they're geniuses at whatever, cyber, marketing. Maybe they just want to serve and they have these really crazy, cool skills. Shake and bake them. You know, learning how to march and salute and put on your uniform really takes, what, about 45 minutes? Yeah. Doesn't take eight weeks. Bring them in temporarily and then have an organization of special operations, have all elements of the United States power in that one that one organization. So, and that's that's one of my things. We got to really think about that because we are not... They're taking advantage of us just because they know how we do things. Easy. Read our books, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, do 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 we know? Do we have them pegged? I mean, can we? Is the NSA involved? I mean, are we doing anything about any of this stuff? I don't know. I mean, I don't know now. Your question, like, can we look at their communication pathways and how they're doing things? I went to a civil. I'll just tell you straight up. This way, I don't have to like get rolled up by the FBI for violating some security oath or something that I signed and didn't realize I was talking about secret information, which this isn't. I went to a commercial entity that does the, uh, scrapes the internet and then can do these link diagrams and they can see usage. They just look at the internet where everything's coming from and they totally, it's not just one. I've seen several. It's apparently it's not that hard. And it was like, okay, this is where the rush. This is Russian troll farm one. Oh my gosh, we have a new Russian troll farm. I while I was there that day because it just pops off the off the screen at you, and then you can scrape out from that. You can see what messages and what mechanisms they're using. Okay, sixty four percent Twitter, Instagram, blee 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 blee, and then you can go in now with real, you know, with with machine learning get that crap translated. You can kind of get the sentiment analysis and all that. You can see what they're trying to do. We can do that. Your question is, are we doing anything back to them? Don't know. How many countries are involved in this? Can you say that? What's that? We know Russia's. We know China's. Uh, Great question. I don't know. Is Iran involved? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Throw Iran in there. Throw North Korea, but they're not good at it. Yeah, I was was thinking of some other countries, but yeah, those are the primary ones. What other countries? I was thinking of some countries that you wouldn't normally think of, and I'm not going to tell you because, I, it, Sean, sorry, I just don't need the FBI showing up at my house. I get it. I get it. I don't need them showing up at my house, too. <laughs> yeah, you don't either, all man. The time. You know, and... Um, <clears throat> what do you think of Ukraine, though? I, you were talking about future war, and I was kind of like, 
there's something there with Ukraine too, really high tech and really low tech. Well, you know, with the Ukraine thing, and I wanted to bring that up after the break, but we'll talk about it now, you know. I don't know. I have I have mixed feelings on it. I've I've heard multiple different perspectives. I, one of the one of the best perspectives I've heard, uh, which I had not thought of, was from this guy that was on the show uh, a couple months ago. Andrew Bustamante is a mm -hmm. uh, he's a CIA. Spook. I watched it. You did. Mm -hmm. So he says we're in Ukraine basically to spin up the. Uh, military industrial complex, which gives us a positive GDP. I think there's definitely some validity to that. What I don't, here's what catches me. You know, one is all the money laundering that I believe is going on there. Two, they just pegged this, what, 21 year old National Guard who had, for some reason, a 21 year old National Guard. For those that are listening, the National Guard is basically if you're 21 in the National Guard, you you're, went there to get free college money. Right. That's it. You know. And probably the best you're doing is you're doing gate guard and yeah. uh, cleaning up the if, latrines. You're not you, like sitting in with the four-star generals <laughs> talking about the future of war. If you really wanted to serve the country in a full capacity, then you would just go active duty. Mm. You know. But um, and that's not a hit on any National Guardsmen. But let's you know, you're not all in. If you're in the National Guard, we'll just put it that way. Why does a 21-year-old in the National Guard have access to top-secret information? And in that, I don't know what all was in that top-secret information, but one of my former colleagues uh, at CIA, who I trust uh, immensely, report came out and, and, and sifted through these whatever was leaked, said that the media has been reporting that the Ukrainians have only lost 17,500 casualties. Russia, they reported, lost, what, 70, I believe it was 75,000 casualties. That's what's being fed to the media. Now, the reality is, after the leak came out, it wasn't 17,500 casualties on the Ukrainian side. It's 200,000 yeah. 200, plus casualties on the Ukrainian side. And I, 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 I would be doing a disservice to, to say the number right. of Russian casualties, but it was significantly less than 75,000. I can, I can look it up um, and, and bring it after the break. But, you know, and so... We're just lying to our own people again, and that's just one one thing that I know of that's in that that's in in that information that's been leaked, and so it just smells like corruption, you know, to me. You like twenty one year old kid. When's the first time you saw a top secret document? Well, I didn't see him for a. I mean, I was in special forces for a lot of years. I don't think I saw my first top secret report. Long, long time. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I can't remember yeah, what I was didn't. top secret and what was secret. Right, but I didn't know either. I just because you handled them all the same, right? You didn't yeah. real. It was like don't 
take this home and, you know. I mean, I guess, what, it would have been crypto probably. Even oh, yeah, though it crypto, wasn't doc- sure. documented, it was probably crypto or maybe some of the mission planning stuff that we were doing when, I, when, yeah. when we went to Afghanistan. So maybe, I don't know, it could have been 21, but it was different. You I wasn't deep- a National Guards guy, you know, showing up one weekend a month. I was a Navy SEAL going to war. And had put in, and had, had had definitely dedicated a lot of time and effort to be able to serve at that capacity, you know. And so, I mean, that's. Do you think that stuff was really out online for months and months, and we and the U.S. government didn't pick up on it? I think that's true. What stuff? The twenty-one-year-old kid, you know, they say they say he posted stuff on Discord or one of these chat rooms, their private chat room, and they say that he had started posting stuff months and months ago, and then they only found out about it when somebody took, like, they had their private chat group. One of the people moved it over to a bigger platform, and that's when it became exposed to the rest. It, the you know that he got caught. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not because I'm sitting here going, how much after uh, Snowden and all that? How much money did we spend to clean up? You remember, like, oh my gosh, you couldn't have a thumb drive anymore. You had to have 18 authentication sources. You had to have this key thing, you know. Yeah. And and uh, we did that, and we had top secret documents out in the ether for months and months and months. I don't know. Yeah, if that's true, who's who's accountability? Nobody, you know, no, you know, some poor, you know, E six is going to get fired over this. <laughs> some junior sergeant who yeah. who signed off on the guy's uh, CAC card so he could access the uh, the the facility is going to get fired. Yeah, I mean, what what do you think about it though? Are we there to spin up the military-industrial complex, or are we there to cover up corruption, or what? What are we doing in Ukraine? Yeah, I'm all right bleeding the Russians. To tell you the truth, uh, are yeah. we there to bleed them of their resources? Yeah, I'm kind of. I'm all right with, and I know a lot of people like, oh, we're spending all this money. It's thirty billion. We haven't spent near that. I think we're. I think they need artillery ammunition and other things other than all these sophisticated weapon systems, which plays into like, if you don't know what to do, do what you know, send them high tech stuff. They don't need high tech stuff. They need, they need kinetic weapons like, you know, gunpowder, explosives with, you know, artillery, old school. Um, They need some air defense stuff too. So there's something to that. Uh, I, I, I agree because that's just the way the machine works. It's just the way the machine works. Uh, now, the, your question though is kind of a little much more nuanced than that. I, I I got that. Like, are we just there to you know sell guns and stuff? Yeah. Eh, I'm not there yet. You're not there. I'm not there yet. I'm not saying I won't change my mind. I'm just not there yet. I still think, you know, supporting the Ukrainians. Fighting the Russians, I'm um, I'm good with that. Uh, good question. Everybody asks, what's the end state? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Russians stop fighting, and then my other thing is the Ukrainians get a vote in this. We I get uh, I get tired of 
like we, the United States, somehow can dictate to the Ukrainians, like it's time to stop fighting now. Actually, they'll fa- they'll decide when that is. Um, yeah, that corruption, what, it was one of the most corrupt countries in the world, probably still a lot going on. I don't know, man. I still, I still believe a little bit, Sean. Sorry. After all we've been through, I still believe a little bit that maybe this one, maybe things will turn out better on this one. Maybe Zelensky's the real deal. Maybe, you know, you want to hope that, don't you? Don't you want to hope that this is truly like people fighting for their freedom against Russian atrocities? I want to believe that, but the way I understand it is that the portion of Ukraine that is being fought over is all Russian influence. And those people that live there want to become part of Russia. Now that these new numbers are out and there's been 200,000 Ukrainians, 200,000 plus Ukrainians that are dead, I wonder what the population is of the small portion of Ukraine yeah, that now, Russia wants to take. Now there you go. That's that's a pretty dark assessment of where you're going. I'm not discounting it. Did 200,000 plus people just die for 25,000 people? Yeah. That don't want to be part of Ukraine anyways? Yeah, well, you know, it seems that that's... that's going to end up being the negotiation. Eventually, when this war, and they just, when this war ends, you know, and I think it's just going to be exhaustion, right? And they're not exhausted yet. They're still willing to keep fighting, you know. But eventually, don't you think that's going to be kind of, that will be the agreement, you know? Yeah. I mean, but the Ukrainians get to decide, and the Russians get to decide to keep fighting. We don't. That's my point. I don't know. Still yeah. trying to figure it out. You've been, uh, you haven't gone over there. You should take the show over there. I've been invited. I bet you have, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I want to keep the hope, you know, I want to keep the hope of a lot of things. I got a 19 month old boy right. I'm trying to raise, and I would like to Good see luck. the country not go to complete shit before, you know, but, um, but you know, it's, 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 it's hard to find positivity today, Chris. You know, everywhere I look, I hate what I see. What are we going to do about it, Sean? You always ask me what we're going to do about it. I told you my my thing is like, man, I got a hell of a lot of confidence in these young people. But they just need some they need some leadership, and that's and maybe that's just easy for me to say because that's the way we we're raised. That's, that was our first careers, right? It's all about leadership. I still believe, you know, and I, and there's got to, you brought up the vision of the fentanyl thing. That can be used as a rallying call for America. And I just, we have this deficit of leadership right now. And then, you know, you look out there like, okay, so who could step up? I don't know, man. I'm pretty, I'm, you know, I'm hugely cynical too. I don't know who's going to step up, you know, and, and and somebody out there. I mean, I don't know if it's I'm starting to wonder if it's even possible to bring unity to the United States because you're going to fight the media no matter who you are, no matter what you stand for, you know, they're going to destroy, destroy you, you, man. If if the right's going to destroy the left, the left's going to destroy the right, and it's just this it's just the pendulum's just swinging farther and farther each way. And why, why would anybody volunteer to serve 
in a elected capacity or in a really public you know, capacity if they're going to get destroyed. Like, so all you're going to have are megalomaniacal people, narcissists, and psychopaths, mm-hmm. which might, in my humble opinion, that's kind of what we have right now. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, I'm with what, you. I am what, with you. What kind of person would be like, hey, um, I'm going to go ahead and run for public office. I'm going to get destroyed in the media. I'm going to get absolutely, social media is going to tear my family apart and call me names and all this stuff. And I'm going to keep doing that, and because like you you can do so much about like this is about the country, but then you bring your family into it, and you're like, why would I ever put my family through that? Something like that. The only people that would do that are people that are psychopaths, narcissistic, or uh, so egotistical it's off the charts, which would put them in some sort of narcissistic category. You know, it's like that's what worries me. We are literally destroying our seed corn why why would why would anybody serve just circus you know what sean they don't give a shit it's 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 sport in dc to build people up and then just destroy them i mean i got to see it kind of firsthand you know yeah fortunately i just had 73 days although it keeps kind of going on and on but that's all right you know um like you can faith faith can get you only so far right you know you can bring up your biblical verses all day long but man when when they're destroying your family you know or destroying your reputation my wife man it's like the only thing we have is our reputation that's heavy man yeah <laughs> you know so and i'm i'm older in my life i'm in a good place don't really give dude i don't really care about like Oh, did you see? I everybody like sends me the latest crazy thing from Twitter or social media, some crap, you know. Like, what? Like, are you guys stalking me or what? It's kind of cute, you know. Like, wow, I some I don't do it, but I get it, you know. I get it in my feeds and all. And I'm like, I don't care. I literally don't care. But you know, that's easy for me to say when you're a younger person or it's just your spouse or a family member and. You know, people are like destroying you. Yeah, so I'm I'm worried too. I I totally am. That's why. Okay, I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna give a plug. That's why the, what you're doing is important, man. Thank you. Thank I know you. it's a pain in the ass because you get you get your ass beat up pretty bad too. It's heavy. It's heavy uh, conversation. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And then you got your boy now. So yeah, you know, your wife. She's she's like whatever. Yeah, you know, paying the bills. It's good. Love you proud of you but then all of a sudden can you imagine your boy gets his first cell phone right you're not going to give that shit to him until he's like 12 right oh it'll be later than that (laughs) when are you going to give him his cell phone i don't know yeah we haven't crossed that bridge yeah that'll be that'll be a a fun one you know instead of him going to sneak cigarettes behind the house he'll be sneaking his uh his cell phone that he has stashed like in a concealment device (laughs) yeah you know uh i one of the topics that I'm really diving into this year, we haven't released anything yet, but we've got um, we've got a couple in the can that we're getting ready to release is the sex ex- exploitation, sex trafficking piece. Mm-hmm. And you know there's 366 million videos of kids no. being exploited sexually in this country. That's insane. Rotating around today that's insane so i interviewed one of those guys his name's matt murphy and he said when you give your child a phone 
not only are you giving your child access to the world, but you're giving the entire world access to your child. And that really resonated with me. And I'm going to take that very seriously when it comes to raising my kid. Yeah, well, that's good because you're going to go off grid because that kid is going to have so. Can you imagine the pressure? In our day, what was it? was like what kind of shoes you wore, whether you had enough money to buy Levi's as opposed to Kmart you know, jeans. That was my thing. You know, like, oh, can you afford Nikes? Oh, you know, my mom, she'd be great. Go, we're going to go get you shoes. And we'd go to, you know, famous footwear or some crap. And I'd get these, you know, shoes. And I'd be like humiliated. I can't wear those, you know. Now you're going to have, now I can't imagine younger people now, the stresses and the pressure they're under to, uh, with, with just being connected and all that. So you're going to tell you, that'll be good. I want to see that one. I'll come back. I'll come back in 10 years. Invite me back in 10 years if I'm still alive. And we'd be like, hey, Sean, how's it going with the cell phone for your kid? He's what? He's uh, 11 and a half now. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, man? I don't think I'm going to give it to him. I don't think I'm going to give it to him. Did you ever get a fake driver's license? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Like, I got to learn. Like, I'm all about, like, my my crazy fascination is, like, money laundering and all this illicit activity. I don't know why. Well, I, there's a reason why I was involved in some stuff, you know, where we had to think about stuff like that, right? So my kids, you know, they do the, they got the fake license, right? Where they literally send off to China with a photo. They get back, like, like first rate I was like, wow, man, that's that's impressive. And like the, I like the kids' trade craft. They get like a P.O. box. It wasn't coming to our house. Or they'd have it sent to somebody else. Your son will be having his uh, his cell phone. He'll, he'll have a burner phone. I'm sure he will. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm sure he will. Uh, good luck with that. It's, it's important. I know. I, I, I'm glad I'm out of parent, the kid raising business i don't know how how you do it these days all the challenges just all out there and i you're right about the um child exploitation videos holy crap i can't even imagine man it's 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 running rampant and nobody's talking about it there's only eight thousand law enforcement officials throughout the entire world trying to do something about this in the world horrifying yeah there's 366 million videos just in this country that's 8,000 in the world well that's that's why this ai thing just bugs me is we commercialized it so much i love that chat gpt hey so can i give you a hint we're talking about having to give public speeches and all my party trick now is i go to chat gpt and i'll write in motivational speech for whatever and it kicks out three paragraphs. I'll read them. They suck, but it's really funny. And I'm like, that's ChatGPT. I'll give you the real speech now. Uh, but uh, yeah, but you know, the thing with AI that worries me, and I'm not like Elon Musk, thing's going to take over, like kill us all, although it could. Uh, as long as we allow, like, how much more information do we need to have? Like, Facebook started as this beautiful thing that was going to connect the world. Remember? It was mm -hmm. glorious. Nothing to worry about here. 
tearing apart our country, screwed up elections, you name it. Like, how much more damage can that thing do? And you're you're hearing the same thing with artificial intelligence right now, right? Like, oh, it's all good. Don't worry about it. We're a mature organization. We would never, as soon as you put that money behind it, you know that thing is going to get perverted. And we do have no idea what the second and third order effects of this thing are. You brought up like all the crazy stuff online right now. Can you imagine where this thing could go? So, well, you know, it, it, it's, it's going to cause a decline in population for sure. So in Japan right now, they're way ahead of us in AI and as far, as far as like commercial use and stuff. And so in Japan, they're having online sexual relationships with, I mean, it's all artificial intelligence. What? Yes. And so what's happening is the fertility rate, the sperm count in males is dropping because you, you've heard the term, you're not use, you don't use it, you lose it, right? Uh-huh. So sperm counts of males are declining, fertility rates in females declining because they have these AI sexual relationships. Now they have a declining population. That's going to happen here. I think it's going to take out entire industries. It's going to, what do you need a writer for, for a TV show anymore? You don't, you have chat GPT. You don't need, you can generate an image. I mean, we've all seen the images of Trump getting arrested. Uh, We've seen images of Biden. The Pope and his uh, puffy. That was a good one. Yeah. We've, we've I could have believed that one actually, but then they showed his hand. They're like, it's a fake because his hand is a little off, but they figured out how to manipulate it now too, because it always comes down to that. You can always identify off the hands, right? And they're like, oh, no, no, we, we got that now. Yeah. You know, and, and we're in this age of disinformation. Now, how easy would it be to create something of, I don't know, the president of the United States saying we're going to war with China? And it was all bullshit generated off artificial intelligence. You know, I think it's going to take over the entire medical industry. They're, they're already saying that they can plug in these symptoms in your DNA into these AI things and it'll diagnose you, you know, like that, which is a, you know, it, it partially it's a good thing, but it's going to, why do you need doctors? Hey, so what did you find out about your doggone heartburn? You had that looked at yet? I did. We're good to go. Good? Well, I'm having surgery. I'm getting scoped. Uh, but um, by an actual doctor, not an AI bot. <laughs> but, uh, well, it's only but, a matter of time, man. But yeah, you know, it scares. It does. It scares the shit out of me. And I, and there's so many things that I'm I'm not thinking of, you know, already. But I mean, it's going to wipe out entire industries. I mean, it's going to get to the point where. I don't need to have you come down here. I can just say, hey, generate me an, an interview with Chris Miller, former Secretary of Defense. And I it'll just come out crazy. Talk about. It'll come out crazy talk, Sean. Yeah. It'll, be, it'll be funny. But can you imagine? It'll be, the, it'll be all over the map. Right now, you know, but it's, that shit's scary. Oh, yeah. To me. It's legit. You know, and, and, and yeah, I think we definitely have uses for it, but... I mean, just to your example, you know, we, we saw where social media went. It's a complete disaster. It's a dumpster fire. It's divided the entire Sean, country. That was gonna that was going to bring people together. It was going to allow America to, you know, govern differently in a good way. Remember all that crap? Yeah. Like, oh, and now it's like just a 
festering cesspool. Yeah. But but it does. It's it scares the hell out of me now. And what do you do though? Because all these other countries are it's a race. It is right? a race. And so if we don't participate in the race, then what happens? Yeah. I just think let's put in a couple guardrails. I'm 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 not a big fan of government regulation typically because it slows everything down but for like public safety this seems to be one of those things like food and drug administration started out as a really good idea because you shouldn't be you know killed by polluted food right uh there's got to be a way to put a protocol in there but man hey so did you remember uh they had the tiktok guy up in the hill uh wire brushing him a couple weeks ago yeah It it was pretty funny we were talking about that at home. You saw the politicians. They were really careful. Like, they'd wire brush them a little bit. But my wife goes, they got to be careful because there's a lot of the future voters that are going to vote for them someday or against them. Love them some TikTok. And I started watching the whole thing differently, you know. And it was interesting. I was like, "Yeah, they're they're kind of triangulating a little bit. Like they'll beat the they'll kick this guy in the you know what, and then they'll have another thing." So they were saying something to all these different audiences, and I, I was like, "Yeah, you take my kids' TikTok away, my son. I mean, I think he will revolt. I mean, like he will march on it. it, it, it it's he'll overthrow the government. I mean, the TikTok generation. You take their TikTok away, I think we could have a problem, Sean." Yeah. <laughs> I just made that up, man. I was just thinking about it, though. You know, we talk about internal dissent and internal problems. Like, that thing, back to your back to your thing, the Chinese, how brilliant is that? That's like a mind control experiment. Remember Manchurian Candidate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, that, that was so junior varsity. That was so 1950s. Like, holy crap. I don't know, man. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, let's uh, let's move on to let's move into these energy weapons. Let's get into some positive stuff that we're making. So, at breakfast this morning, you told me that you are consulting with some of these companies that are coming out with these energy weapons. Mm-hmm. Can you describe a little bit about what these are? Yeah, I mean, finally, you know, lasers and all that stuff, all that good stuff. But really, it's high 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 energy. I'm not a scientist, so I'm like an inch deep, mile wide, but that's been my life. We're finally at a place where we can generate enough power to like use directed energy, lasers, um, um, microwave stuff. And, you know, I'm a, I, I actually am in the uh, drone, counter drone business because small businesses and I'm not like giving a shout out to my companies that would be lame although I'd be happy to you know text me um because I was complaining about the military industrial complex and how we need this it's like it's easy to just talk shit but maybe you know you should do something about it I'll fail but I'm going to try to you know accelerate the adoption of next tech next generation technology to defend the United States and it's drones, man. I mean, what they're doing with drones in Ukraine on both sides is just the start, right? It's going, 
it's going to a whole next level. You act about, you ask like, what's the future of warfare look like? It's going to, it's going to be a huge uncrewed, unmanned thing right now. Like, Oh, DJI drone, $2,000, send it in, you know, send three of them in, dude, we're going to a place where it's going to be a thousand hundred dollar drones <laughs> that are going to go in. And so the interest is how do you destroy swarms of cheap, uh, uncrewed, unmanned vehicles that are just swarming at you. And we're finally at a place, the laser's not the answer right now because uh, it, it can't get enough shots. But this high energy microwave thing, basically the scientists have figured out a way to basically put up a wall of energy that when anything within a microchip, an electronic circuit hits that thing, it's done, right? It's kind of like electronic EMP. Really? You talk about EMP on some show, haven't you? Yeah, a couple of them. It's essentially a, a mini EMP type thing that doesn't like go one, what, what, what was that book? One second after, one day after, one year after, whatever. Yeah. That's a good book. Um, so there's a way to modulate it right now and to use these weapon systems. Problem comes down to energy, right? To generate that much energy requires... In the past, you know, would require like, oh yeah, the laser's this big, and the truck that has the power generator is like, you know, is eighteen wheeler. Getting to the point now where you can generate power rapidly and you can pulse it out. We're not there yet, but for it, it's a game changer. So, are you saying we could create a so, mm -hmm. a wall? Yes, of energy. Yes. So, could we? Like some Harry Potter thing, man. Do we have a wall of energy around the United States? Not yet. That, is that coming? It's totally within the realm of the possible. So this is... That's, so that was my super, point about defense against offense, remember? So these supersonic missiles that China's, uh, that, uh, China's developing are, if we had a wall of energy, are basically obsolete already. Right. So let's go ahead and invest a lot more... Star Wars, Reagan was his idea. Like, we'll shoot down their missiles with lasers and stuff. That was kind of an information operation because he knew that we couldn't do that right now, but we made them think we could. So they kept spending more money and we bankrupted them. That's really what happened to how the Cold War ended. Uh, so I don't want to like overpromise, but we're on the verge of, you know, a breakthrough with continental defense where we can protect ourselves from incoming missiles yes which is what reagan started uh so that's why i did the offense defense thing like the power of the defense i think is stronger right now so let's in, let's stop and we need to invest correctly and so we talked about future of war it's not going to there are going to be times where there are mass forces map going against each other but the start of the wars are going to be very, very discreet. They're going to be, you know, cyber. Who knows? Maybe it, you said it's already started. I'm not discounting the fact that I do think that they're uh, probing our systems, our computer systems, our industrial control systems. Absolutely, they're doing that. I think that's public knowledge, to tell you the truth. You know, they're doing their reconnaissance phase. So that's how that shit's going to go down initially. Uh but eventually, all that stuff's going to be, we're going to have fired all our weapons, cyber, everything else. And now it's back. What do we do now? 
you know, and whoever can regenerate combat power fast enough. It's like, like satellites are going to get taken out, right? Oops. Satellites are going to get taken out. We're going to end up launching more satellites. Chinese will launch. Everybody will launch. And eventually, uh, there are going to be no more satellites left because <laughs> they're we're out of satellites. What do they, what, you know, it costs a lot of money. And then it's just going to be back to the old school. And that's, that's why the Ukrainian thing, like high tech with low tech, I think you're going to have this back and forth. But at the end of the day, you know, it's just going to come down to uh, duking it out. But that's a little different than the high energy weapons we were talking about. Like, like you need to have the ability to defend for a discrete amount of time because they're going to shoot all their stuff. And then, then we have to have a different plan after that. That's incredible. I had no idea we had that technology. It's coming. We have it for like very, like if we went out now and got one of the Leonidas systems and Epirus. I'm no, I don't work for them, so I'm not getting any money for a public, you know, shout out to them. I should, I should be wearing like a shit. You know, I should be like a NASCAR Damn, guy. I was going to go buy an energy weapon. but. <laughs> I, was, I should I should have been like a NASCAR an F1 driver and just come in here with all these like like got Lockheed Martin. I'm like, hey, I'm going on the Sean Ryan show. You want, want to wear your I want shirt? A, I want a wall of energy around my home. I'm the same way. So yeah, it's it's getting there. There'll be defenses against it, but we're we're about at the point. I'm a little down on lasers, and I'll get yelled at just because it take a lot of power, and it's not like in the movies where it's like. Eh, you got to like have that thing on target on a key component to burn through. And they can, I mean, the Israelis have systems that they can do it with, but I'm, I'm like, that's a good, that's a good brochure, a good video, like in the height, in the, in the heat of combat, I'm not there yet, man. I'm not, I'm like, that's really good when you're on this perfectly bright day, conditions are perfect. Temperature 62 degrees, no wind, light, you know, off to this way, fly the something directly towards me. And then the laser is like, like when that thing starts doing all this, I'm not convinced. I'll get, you know, I'll, I'll get some help with that. I'm sure I'll get some defense contractor going, oh, actually we can do that. I'm not there with lasers yet. What's power in these? How accessible is the power? That's that's going to be the that's the key thing is they figured out how to uh, generate bursts of power and I, I'm not a scientist I don't know, okay. uh, but they've that's the key thing is they miniaturized these things from 18 wheel trailers down to like you know trailer like a small like trailer. I wonder what they're pulling from. Sorry, I'm geeking out on you. No, I love this stuff. Yeah, you need to get 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 somebody in on that. I'm trying. Uh, you got any ideas? Yeah, connect me. Yeah. I'll get them on here. They're not paying me either. I just, you know. I don't care if they are paying you. I want to hear about it. All right, you gave me the green light. Hey, I got an opportunity for you for $50,000. I can get you on the show. Make some money. No, I won't do I would. I would never do that, man, to you. Make some money. Somebody else, maybe. But, um, well, I think that's, that's, I think that's a plus. That's, that's some good technology that's coming out. I mean, we just had that spy, what, how many spy balloons just yeah. came over, you know. Maybe they got zapped, although they did come out and say that they did extract a lot of information from our military bases from it. Oh, I think, I bet you they had a windfall. What do you think? 
I don't know what to think anymore. Man, I'll tell you what, on that one, I'm pretty black and white. Should this whole narrative, like, oh, actually, we just wanted to see their capabilities and we were aware of it and we minimized exposure, all that bullshit. I think it's complete. I, I, I'm not, I don't think so. I think they stole a march on us and, uh, and they got a, they got a lot of information. I think their their technology, our technology is awfully good. Why is there's, even if there's it's half that, they got, they got some stuff. Yeah. I don't know, but you talked about the Chinese, like why? But so they're like, oh, that happened during your, that happened during the Trump administration. I was like, I didn't know about it. And then, so we had this, everybody's, when that happened, somebody released, oh, actually this happened three times during the Trump administration. I'm like, I'm like, I didn't know about that. I wonder if it did. So you call around and you ask people, and like, no, didn't have a clue, didn't have a clue. And then back to your, then the rest of the story is like, actually we found out after, apparently they did fly some stuff. The Chinese flew some stuff over the United States during the Trump administration. I think it was down North Carolina way. Okay. But we, they didn't, we didn't know it at the time, but then when they rewind the tapes, you know, like play us everything that's happened for weird anomalies that didn't get picked up initially, like change the settings and, you know, be more finite. They rewind the tapes. They're like, oh man, actually this happened before. So that was, that was kind of back to your media. Interesting. So it did, so it did happen. Yeah. They, yeah. Did we do anything about it? Didn't know about it. Because you know those radars are tuned. I didn't realize this. I'm not a radar expert, but I hang out with some radar experts. Like, I didn't realize like all our radars are tuned for fast-moving stuff. You knew this, right? I didn't know that. Yeah, so I didn't either. By the way, I didn't either. But when it was explained to me, I'm like, why wouldn't we see a balloon? They're like, hey, dumbass. We have these world-class radars, and everything is tuned for a fast-moving uh vehicle, a jet, you know, whatever the case, missile, whatever the case may be. For something that moves really, really slowly, this is why drones are so effective. It's not going to get picked up because it, it doesn't, you know, they've got their algorithm. It doesn't bounce into the, like, look at this. So since it's moving so slowly, our radar systems that are automated don't ever spike, you know, they don't ever have a warning or a trigger on it. They, you know, subsequently they've changed the settings, but we go into radar all day. I'm, I just stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. I don't really know much about it, but kind of learning, man. Last thing. Yeah. What do you got? What do you think about all these UAPs and UFOs? Man, biggest mistake I made when I was, no, I'm not going to say biggest mistake I made. I made bigger mistakes, but what I failed to do when I was acting secretary of defense was to ask for that briefing. What was I thinking? I don't know what you were thinking. <laughs> I got, I got a little overcome. Like I got to overcome yeah. with events. I really wish I would have gotten that briefing. So you go in there, you're asking about what's it like the first day or when Trump tells you you're going to do this, go over to the Pentagon, you walk in the first thing they do they take you back to this secret room, uh, you know, ultra secure room, and this four-star general and his two-star, uh, you know, assistant 
they, they literally grab you as soon as you walk in. You haven't even like put your bag down. It's like, come with us. Guess what they brief you on? You know what they brief you on? Nuclear codes, nuclear war, how that works, how you're in the chain of command for if there's a nuclear attack and how we respond. And uh, I was like, okay, I got it. They're like, wait, wait, wait. This is a three-hour briefing. I was like, it's like, this is like two minutes in. I'm like, I got it. Like, nuclear war, if they attack us, call the president, give him advice on what to do, and either ask for approval to launch a counterattack or a response, have him, you know, pull, you know, the whole process, right? I'm like, I got it. Like, ooh, shit. Then the next, then they got another book like this. Like, okay, all right. They're looking at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, I don't Finally, I, ju I just said, hey, listen, um, that's part of the job. I got it. I understand that. Did you think I was just going to become a weepy little, like, I can't do this? Like, oh, my God, this is horrifying. It's like, this is part of the job, right? I got it. I'm comfortable. We can do some exercises later, but right now, got what I need. Got this next book. It's all about, uh, I'm going like, oh, this is, and I gave the program name, and I'm like, this is about, you know, terrorism strikes in the United States. I'm like, I got that too. Like, I'll make the call, don't worry. They're like, okay. I said, is there anything else? You know what I should ask for then? UAP. I said, give me the report on the UFOs. Should have done that. I'm serious, a heart attack right now. Should have done that. And nobody volunteered to give that briefing and I wonder why hmm. I wonder why why wouldn't why wouldn't somebody come in you know well I think I know why it's because they don't want other people to know if I would ask for it they would have had to do it because I was a super user and read on to everything right everything I could ask for like and I for some reason I didn't ask for that I I, I left I left the administration you know when the when things changed and uh, they finally, the Pentagon finally released a report. C Congress required a report on UFOs, UAPs, and uh, press started calling like, "Hey, did you ever get briefed?" And that was that was one of those moments. I'm like, I didn't. What was I thinking, man? Should have gotten briefed on that. Where are you in the whole thing? I don't know enough about it to formulate a. You think it's possible? UFOs and yeah. UAPs? What do I think what's possible? That those could be generated by a life form off planet? Absolutely. I'm with you, man. Absolutely. Like, I also think it could be from this planet. Oh, there's a lot of that. So. But here's what I saw just on the open source stuff. Like they're like, we had 241, I'm making that up, you know, 241 anomalous incidents of which 228 we have determined were the result of, you know, whether it was an op it was us, opposition, some something funny going on, right? I'm like, okay, you know, what about the other 13 or whatever? Like, I don't know, man. Hmm. I don't know. I think we're gonna know a lot more sooner than later. But um uh, because they seem to they seem to keep coming around and and hitting the media and 
it's getting a lot of attention right now. But but anyways, all right, I'm done grilling you. But um, thanks. What what do you got going on now? I'll tell you, Sean. Uh, trying to stay out of the media, which is hilarious because I'm in your show, the number ten, which better be like number six by the time this thing goes live <laughs> podcast. But you know, I wrote the book and I. Um, made an obligation to the publisher that I would push the book, right? That's the way you're raised. Like they paid you, you got to work for it. Uh, but made the decision, I really need to, I, I don't want to be in the public spotlight anymore. I hate it. This stuff drives me crazy. Uh, but there are three things that I want to work on um, that I'll go public on. Uh, one is Afghan refugee stuff. We still left a lot of people behind on there. So I'll go out and do stuff on that. Uh, Veterans Affairs is the other thing. And um, the final one is Havana Syndrome, where we've had intelligence officers and special operators and diplomats and military people get hit by um, directed energy. And um, you had uh, Mark Polly, I can't pronounce. Yeah, yeah. Mark You had Mark on. Yeah, I, you Mark, know Mark? P's, yeah, Mark P is better way to say it because I cannot pronounce his last name. To Me neither. My ass. <laughs> so Mark P, so I'll go public on that. Um, what, what, what do you mean you're going, what do you think about all this? Well, what, because what I think the, I think it's bullshit and I think the government needs to come clean. It's abs, you know, I've been in government long enough to see how they parse their sentences. And I'm like, everybody's covering their ass right now. Just come clean with the American public. You know, these people have been attacked. You know, I was very, very skeptical, extremely skeptical. Then I met a kid who got hit. And I was like, he's a, um, and he's one of mine. Where did he get hit? Uh, oh, I'll just say in Asia. Uh, and he described the story like you and I. He was describing an ambush, and he was one of us. So when he described it that way, I was like, okay, game on. This is legit. So I changed my whole uh, – I was pretty skeptical at first. So I want to support that by when the government says – that there's no, that this didn't happen, or they they get they they get really careful with their language now, right? We re, we respect the feelings of those that think they've been injured. They were injured, so let's just come clean with it, right? Yeah. I mean, we just talked about we just talked about these energy weapons. And now they're yeah. denying it. Uh, so I'll go public on that veteran stuff. I'm with this organization, Special Operations Association of America. New organization. Everybody's got their special ops charitable donation. All we do is lobby Capitol Hill on behalf of special operation veterans. Last year, key thing we helped with, this was a coalition effort, was to get Veterans Administration to accept the use of psychedelics to treat uh, and alternative therapies to treat veterans suffering from combat-related syndromes, right? Normally, that takes 20 years in the Veterans Administration from a request for a new therapy to a new therapy being accepted. We, we hacked that. Special Operations Association of America with a bunch of other groups hacked that. And, uh, you know, I'm an old dude. You can see that. Uh, and I'm like, if, if alternative therapies give relief to one vet, any veteran, why wouldn't we support it? You know, yeah. I don't give a crap. I mean, I, I just don't. Yeah. And the, that's what, 
Then uh, Karshikhanabad in Uzbekistan, I told you, I went through there in 2001. That thing was a toxic waste dump. And uh, a lot of the people that were assigned there have really been uh, or gone through there have been have horrible uh, health issues related. There was radiological material, toxic stuff. So really supporting that to get um, to get veterans and their families. Unfortunately, now we're dealing with families because some of their loved ones have passed. You know, getting recognition and getting the support they need, which really ties back into Havana syndrome because the government will be like, we regret if anything bad might have happened and we recognize your pain and we'll, you know, provide you medical uh, therapy and medical support, which is great. I mean, but we keep talking about accountability. Like, I'm good if somebody just says up, stands up and goes, we made a mistake. We all are good. We all are good with going through Karshikhanabad. Our nation asks us to do this. It's all good. No hurt feelings, man. Uh but inherent to that promise of serving the country should be a promise from the American people that those injured in the line of duty should receive the doggone benefits and care that they require. And I know you know this. So I'm fighting really hard on that. They got this burn pit thing. You remember the burn pit legislation that the Veterans Administration now, they call it presumption of um, of, of a syndrome, you don't have to prove it. You just have to say like, hey, I was at this location. My tent was by a burn pit. Stuff came through all night long for six months. That's enough now if you're having some illness that could be related to that exposure that you're gonna get, you're gonna get benefits. Unfortunately, John Stewart, a comedian who is more than a comedian, I think he's a great American, was the one who had to go up there and shame Capitol Hill and the, our politicians to sign that damn thing. Do you remember that? I do. I you do. know, and I'm like, Sean, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, man. I mean, I, uh, John Stewart helped out the people that were on the pile and in um, at the World Trade Center and got them uh, support and legislation passed. You know, I really admire the guy and I know a lot of people you know, he's a leftist liberal. I don't give a crap. Yeah. You know, veteran stuff's bipartisan, brother. You know that, right? Yep. So, like, it took a dog on John Stewart to go up there and embarrass those people to do the right thing. And I know there were all these political angles. Oh, this is related to the debt ceiling. I don't, come on. Uh, so working with them really closely. And then finally, man, veteran suicide, uh, working with Chekovet out of Fort Campbell, out of Clarksville. Wonderful guy, uh, warrant officer I worked with, Michael Carmichael, who uh, just said enough. I don't. I, th I think Mike must have suffered some, and he said no more, man. And he. Uh, so we're doing that. It's really cool, learning, dude. That one, like those nonprofits, man. Those things they take a lot of work and a lot of energy, and it's really, really remarkable to see that. And what do they say? Sixteen, eighteen veterans are taking their own lives each each day. I think that, you know, it, cha it changes on the numbers, but, you know, it's too many. Let's just agree that it's too yeah. many. And, you know, back to the other things, I think they're all kind of knit together in some ways. So that's what I'm doing. That's where I want to spend my time. Got to make some money. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in doing the drone business, trying to put my money where my mouth is in regards to transforming, you know, our national security. Uh, love that. Trying to make some cash. 
uh, to fund the other stuff. At the end of the day, man, it's all like yeah. got to make some money, make, get my family secure, and then just give it all back, baby. Yeah. So that's it. Thanks Very for asking. Admiral. My pleasure. Well, Chris, I just want to say it's an honor to have you sitting across from me, and, and, and thank you for making the trip, and I hope to see you again. Wasn't kidding. Thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for being an example. It's really important, man. Veterans are helping veterans, and uh, I think that's the most powerful thing we can do for each other. And you're leading by example, and I appreciate you. Thank you. Oh, here, man. You get a coin, dude. I get a coin? Yeah, you got to. Thank you. Yeah, I know you got tons of them, but... Oh, man. That one, if you can sell that on eBay for like $3.50, do it. Or else I get, will. I'll get, put it on eBay tonight. Yeah, I, I bet you'll probably get, dude, you'll probably get like 98 cents for it. Man, this is, thank you. This yeah. is going in the cabinet right yeah. behind me. Thanks. Incredible. Well, best of luck to you. See you in 10 years. All right, thank you. Thanks. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.